Welcome to another podcast from Planet Shakers Church. For details on campus locations and service times, check out planetshakers.com. Today we've got Pastor Tavonga Masoso speaking on the topic, Keep Striking. Let's check it out. Well, today I want to preach to you from a, a story in the book of 2 Kings. It's about uh, the prophet Elisha, his final prophetic act. Now, Elisha was a real powerful dude. He was a bad dude. Elisha had a double portion of Elijah's anointing. Elisha carried greatness in him. He was a fearless man. And we start reading from 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14 to 19. It says, when Elisha was in his last illness... King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel, he cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hand on the king's hands. Then he commanded, open the eastern window. And he opened it. Then he said, shoot. So he shot the arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram, for you completely conquer the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked up the other arrows and struck three arrows against the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him and he said, you should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you only be victorious three times. And then Elisha died. What an anticlimax to a man who was so powerful and carried God's anointing in such a huge way. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I get stirred in my spirit that I don't want to be someone who reaches the end of my days and said, I wish I had taken more arrows and struck them to the ground. I want to finish the race knowing that I've used every single arrow in my bag. I want to make sure that I give everything that I have to obtain the full victory that God has already prepared for me. Can I get an amen? You know, as we come to the end of the year, we can start reflecting on what the year has been like and we can start looking at all the missed opportunities or all the victories we've had and we can even start looking towards the new year. But I want to encourage us, God wants us to keep striking right here, right now. Keep believing, keep pushing, keep trusting Him, keep going above and beyond, keep saying, God, I'm not going to settle for anything less than what you have in store for me. So I'm going to take everything that I have and I'm going to continue striking. I don't care how tired I am. I don't care what is not work, but I'm going to continue going hard as I can. Remain standing if you can as we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word that is powerful. Your word that never returns void. Father, we ask that you'd speak to us today. Ignite a passion in our hearts, Lord, that we don't walk out of here the same. Thank you for reminding us that you've got greatness in store for us. Thank you for reminding us that you don't want us to settle for anything less than what you've promised us. We thank you that as we receive this word, Lord, it's going to bear fruit 
in every area of our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. And someone said a strong amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. You know, there's a lot of things we can learn from uh, King Jehoash. He's not a man that we are all accustomed to hearing about. But the reality is, even though he didn't use every single arrow to strike the ground, he did a few things right. And we can learn from those few things. The first thing that he did right is, he was in the room. He was in the room with Elisha. I want to encourage us, no matter what you're going through, always determined to be in the room. One thing that the devil has done to the church over the last couple of years is he's taken the importance of being in the room away from Christians. We think that we only need to be in the room when we feel like it, or we only need to be in the room when things are going our way. We can decide, nah, I don't feel like being there. I can maybe watch the room from afar. But God is encouraging us, be in the room and come in the room with expectation. Every time I walk into this room, I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting God to do something incredible in my life. And I want to encourage us, whenever we come in the room, let's come full of expectation. Don't get accustomed to doing things to the point that you no longer have any expectation when you walk in the room. It doesn't matter what your experience was last week. God has something new for you here today. So as you walk in the room, say, God, I'm ready for the new thing that you have in store for me. I know I might have heard these scriptures before. I know I might have sang these songs before. But I'm ready to experience something new today. I'm ready to partake of what you have in store for me. I'm not going to settle for yesterday's blessings. I'm not going to settle for yesterday's victory. I want today's blessings. I want today's victory. Yesterday was amazing, but today you have something fresh for me. And I need that freshness. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need that freshness. See, one thing that King Jehoash knew was that the victory belonged to God. We read in verse 13 of the same chapter that says, Then he commanded him, open the eastern window. And he opened it and said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. For you will completely conquer the Arameans at Afek. Church, 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 the battle is not yours. Hey, speaking of accents, yesterday I became an Australian citizen. Praise the Lord. As soon as I took that pledge, my accent changed completely. Mike, Mike, it's so good to be here with you all today. Hey, it happened just instantly, but anyway, praise God. I'm glad that I called this home. God has done so many great things in my life, in this nation, and it's uh, so good to be sure. Well, how good was it to see the Socceroos win last night as well? Let's go, Ozzy. The battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. The battle is not yours. It's not yours to fight. That first arrow went ahead. It means that the victory has already been obtained. When Jesus died on the cross, he already obtained the victory that you need. The battle is done. Stop striving. Stop fighting. It's already won. 
It's only yours to claim. Our job is to claim what's already ours. Claim what God has already done for us. The battle is already finished. The Lord goes before us and creates victory in the spirit realm. And he opens way for us in ways that we cannot see. As we walk in, it's our job to really step in there with a sense of belief that this is my territory. That this is my victory. I know what the doctors have said. I know what the bank is saying. But I know that you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I know that by your stripes I am healed. So I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to trust and believe that it's already mine because the battle is won. I don't need to worry. I don't need to fear. I can trust in the Lord. Like what Pastor Sam was talking about. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. Your own logic will betray you. Ask God to open up your eyes that you may see in the spirit realm. Open up your ears that you may hear what it is he wants to say to you. Understand that he's the one that gives us the ability to see and hear. Your senses will betray you. But when you approach things with faith, you step into a whole different realm. You're not moved by the wind or all the different challenges that you face. When you know that the Lord is the one that gives you the ability to hear, it says this in Proverbs chapter 20, ears to hear and eyes to see. Both are gifts from the Lord. You know what this king lacked? He lacked the ability to really hear and see what the prophet was saying. He did not really hear how great this victory was. He could not see that the battle is won. He could not understand that God has something in store for you. Now, church, I want us to really finish this year asking God, God, would you develop my ability to hear? Turn to your neighbor and say, I want the ability to hear. Come on, say it with some faith. I want the ability to hear. John chapter 8 verse 47 says, come on, John chapter 8 verse 47 says, if you really knew God, you would listen, receive, and respond with faith to his words. Let me read that again. If you really knew God, you would listen, receive, respond, with faith to his words. But since you don't listen and respond to what he says, it proves you don't really belong to him and you have no room for him in your hearts. See, this king was in the room, but he lacked conviction. He lacked the ability to truly believe what was happening in that moment. This was an opportunity to transfer a great anointing Remember, Elijah had a double portion of Elijah's, of Elijah's anointing. This was an opportunity to grab that to a greater level. But he did not hear clearly because his attention was drawn elsewhere, drawn to other things. I want to encourage us that as we are crossing over to a whole new chapter, let's be attentive to what God is saying. As you sit here in this service, God is speaking to you individually. Open up your ears and say, God, give me the ability to hear. I want to hear what it is you're saying to me. 
What are you saying about my marriage? What are you saying about my finances? What are you saying about my career? For those year 12s, what are you saying about my future as I'm crossing over? What are you saying about the purpose that you have for me in my life? All you got to do is ask and listen. As you listen, you receive and you respond. Can I get an amen? Why is it important to hear? It's because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So when our ears are attentive and you hear, something happens between you hearing with your spiritual ear and your heart. You begin to have faith. And faith without works is dead. But when you hear and it goes into your heart, the word of God goes into your heart, you want to move. Faith makes you want to move. You cannot say you have faith if you're not moving. You can claim to have all the faith you have, but if you're not moving, you're not using that faith. As soon as you hear and you move, then you're working that faith. You're working it for everything that is worth as you continue moving, as you continue hearing the truth, and as you continue moving, things begin to shift. Things begin to change. Everything that you are suffering begins to go on the side. All those thoughts begin to disappear. The mountains that you see begin to move. If you have faith as small as a master seed, you can say to this mountain, be gone, and it'll go. But you gotta move. You gotta move. And you gotta move in your spirit. The second thing that this king lacked, he lacked vision. He could not see beyond what was happening in that room. The king told him, listen, this is an opportunity to gain total victory over your enemies. But because you only shot three arrows, you're only going to be able to defeat them three times. He had no vision. Imagine if he had shot every single arrow in his quiver, in his bag. It means that the victory would have gone beyond his own generation and the generation past him. I wonder, is our vision limited to the point we're only seeing what is happening today? We're not seeing ahead. We're not seeing what God wants to do through us for future generations. We're not seeing what God wants to do through us in our schools. We're not seeing what God wants to do through us in our workplaces because we are so limited in our thinking. The reality is, sometimes our vision gets blurry. The pressures of life get in the way and they cause our vision to become blurry. Now, the best way to know whether your vision is blurry or not is when you stop being excited about the future and your imagination begins to fade and you no longer think big or no longer have a desire to think outside of the box. That right there is an indication that your vision is fading. When your thinking is just to be able to fit in with everybody else, when the vision that you have is just wanting to be please the people around you. Do whatever everybody else is doing. You can't see yourself going beyond where your family line has gone. You can't dream beyond the job that you have. That's a sign that your vision is blurry right there. That's a sign that you need to plug in. You need to plug in. You know when you plug into God, say God refresh my vision. Clean these glasses so I can see clearer. Now, sometimes our Christian lives are like these phones right here. We get born again, buy this phone, it's brand new, it's working. 
like magic. It's faster than anything you can imagine. But after a few months, God is like, listen, I got something new for you. Let me update your software. We get this thing coming up on our phone, update software. And we got options to say, do it now or maybe later. God is calling us. Let me refresh your vision. Like, ah, God. Yeah, maybe later. Let me refresh your vision. Yep, 24 hours later. Let me refresh your vision right now. Nah, I'm good. I like the the way this thing is. I like the font on this phone. I like the way the package is. I'm good as I am. Let me refresh your vision. Nah, man, everybody around me thinks this way. I don't want to change the way I think. Let me refresh your vision. Nah, look, I'm happy where I am. I just want to settle here. It's, it's just more comfortable here. It's scary out there. I don't want to step out there. I don't know what might happen. Let me refresh your vision. Nah, look, if I step out, they might not give me that opportunity. God is calling us, let me refresh your vision. Let me give you a fresh vision. The king, Jehoash, had a very limited vision. He could not see beyond what God was doing at that time. He could not realize that this was victory promised to him. It was already done. It was only his to claim. If we're not careful, that's exactly how we live our lives. Happy to settle with the mediocre. Happy to settle with the status quo. Happy to just settle with how things are. That's why it's important to, I wish I had a Bible like you, Pastor Rudy. I really admire the way you preach with the Bible. I might be doing that because I can hold the Bible up. It's important to have the Word of God in front of you. Let the Word of God be what determines your vision and your outlook in life at all times. Not your social media, not your Instagram, not the news, but let the Word of God be the only thing that determines your vision at all times. Let it be the only thing that determines your vision of what marriage is. Something happens when we position ourselves and we put the Word of God in front of us. That becomes a fresh vision. Now, failing to shoot all the arrows did not only hurt King Joash, it hurt the entire nation. So when we fail to shoot and we fail to go beyond our comfort level, We're not only limiting ourselves, we're limiting everybody around us as well. You are the key to the breakthrough of those who are around you. Come on, you are a king. You got to realize the power that you carry. And yes, ladies, you are queens as well. You got to realize your position. Realize that you have a mandate to bring about change wherever God has positioned you. You know, as I was praying into this, I said, God, yes, we need to develop better hearing. Yes, we need to refresh our vision, but we all know those things, but sometimes something stops us from just stepping into that place and truly believing. We come in week in and week out and we hear these great sermons and we are inspired. We know what we ought to do but we just struggle to step into that place. And I just heard this word, gratitude. 
You know, when you begin to be thankful, you step into the will of God. It's like stepping into a shower where God begins to wash away all that fogginess that's blurring your vision. When you step into a space of gratitude and you're able to be thankful, it begins to wash away all that wax that's blocking you from actually hearing what God is doing. When you step into a space of gratitude, you begin to realize the potential that you have. If King Joash would have realized who Elisha really was and stepped into that room with a sense of appreciation, a sense of awe, a sense of humility, he would have realized what time it is and he would have shot every single arrow in his back. When you step into gratitude, you step into the will of God. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. There's nothing like being in the will of God. When you are in the will of God, you can withstand all the arrows coming against you. When you are in the will of God, there's an ease to how you move because you are in the flow of his anointing. When you are in the will of God, even when you are stretched, the ointment of his anointing is there to stop you from tearing apart. When you are in the will of God, that ointment is there to protect you and repel all the plans and arrows of the enemy. When you are in the will of God, that anointing is there to attract the favor of God in every area of your life because you are in his will. God wants us to live with an attitude of gratitude. Now it's easy to be thankful for everything that works right in our lives. It's easy for us to say, all right, let's be thankful for the small things. And that's very important. Let's be thankful for the fact that we woke up this morning. I'm a big advocate for that. Let's be thankful that we get to sit here in this amazing building, that we can worship God freely in this nation, that we don't have any persecution against us as the church. Let's be thankful. A different kind of persecution, but you know what I mean. Let's be thankful. But as I was reading this, I was just led in the direction of being thankful for the pain in our lives. One of the biggest reasons that stops us from striking again and believing again is pain. Pain of unmet expectations. The pain of failure. The pain of being judged and persecuted by others. The pain that you've not received that healing you've been believing for. The pain that you feel that I'm coming to the end of 2022 and, I, and I'm looking at everything that I determined to achieve this year and I'm not even halfway through. The pain of loss. 
The pain of not being able to explain why you keep falling over and over again. Why you keep going around in circles in your life. When you can take that pain and bring it to God and say, God, even though I'm feeling this pain, I will thank you with everything that I have. Even though I'm feeling this pain and I can't explain it, I will thank you with everything that I have. Even though I've been betrayed by my friends and my loved ones and I'm feeling that pain and I'm feeling that hurt, I'll praise you with everything that I have. Thankfulness changes your perspective of pain. Thankfulness takes your pain and turns it into praise. On the other hand, when you are not thankful and you step into ingratitude and you step into entitlement, what the enemy does, it takes that pain and turns it into pride. Now when you step into the realm of pride, God resists the proud. There now becomes a gap between you and your father. The pain is legitimate. What they did to you was wrong. What happened to you is not fair. I don't know why you keep going around and around in your life, why you can't seem to get that breakthrough. I don't know why that keeps happening, but the pain is real. I don't know why you can't seem to break that addiction. The pain is real. But don't hold on to that pain. Don't hold on to that pain. Step into a place of gratitude and allow God to turn that pain into praise. And praise Him with everything that you have. Praise Him with everything that you have. Say, my God, I give you all my praise. You are worthy of all my praise. As you do, it begins to cut away that pain. Cut away that void. And I really felt in my heart that there are people here who have been holding on to pain for 20 years or even more. And yes, what happened to you was not fair. It was wrong. But don't hold on to that pain because that's only going to become pride. It's going to become a crush that's going to stop you from really encountering what God has in store for you. You know, this year I experienced a different kind of pain. I lost my dad about seven months ago and it was a painful event. He knew the Lord and I know he's in heaven and he's smiling down. I'm so thankful for that. But it was painful. The fact that I hadn't seen him for three years because of the world being shut down was painful. The fact that I had a new baby in that time and he never got to meet her is painful. The fact that I could not 
hug him one last time is painful. The fact that yesterday I became an Australian citizen and I couldn't pick up the phone and say, hey dad, was painful. I remember coming back home from the funeral and grief is a funny thing. You know, you go through different processes and unexpected in so many ways and I was rejoicing because I knew where he was but I was just kind of going through the motions because there's so much to do but I remember as soon as I kind of got on the plane it's as if I was starting all over again and kind of got home I was almost disorientated I couldn't really realize what's happening or how I'm doing or how things are happening but I was feeling the pain But I remember coming into church that first Sunday and really getting a revelation about how God tells us, put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, you can quote these scriptures, but it's not until you are feeling it. When you're feeling a heaviness that you can't, get rid of a heaviness that you can't pray away a heaviness that you the pain you can't seem to handle but I remember just stepping into a time of praise and thinking oh wow oh my god it's gone it's gone the pain is gone I remember we sang this song that is really my anthem for the year Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Don't encourage me to sing, please. You know, I was singing that song and nothing made sense, but I was like, you know what? As long as I'm in the room, sometimes you just got to be thankful that you are in the room. Can I get an amen? Sometimes you just got to be thankful that God, thank you that I'm in the room that I get to be a part of this. I don't know how everything else is going to work itself out, but man, I am thankful that I'm in the room. Hey, it's been so great that you've been able to join us today. I hope that your faith is filled. If you have any prayer requests or you want to connect with us any further at Planet Shakers, why don't you be a part?